You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Laura Youngkin of The Brave Millennial. This is Lars Helgeson, CEO of Greenrope and author of CRM for Dummies. I'm Allison Bloom-Fetchstock, the founder and CEO of Know Your Crew. This is Brad Van Dam, president and CEO of Marge Confectionery. And you're listening to High Level Wisdom for New Generation Leaders. Hey, executives, I know right now the pressure is on. You really want to make sure that you have a solid approach to the first two quarters of the coming year through your technology and marketing efforts. Well, I'm going to help you out. Make sure that you visit www.serendipityinteractive.com. This company is built in order to help you make the fortunate discoveries for tomorrow today. They do not get in the way of you maintaining your present, but what they do is help you find out how you can leverage what you're doing today to make the leaps and bounds that you want to make going into next year. I want you to visit www.serendipity interactive and tell them Chris sent you and make sure that you help yourself make the fortunate discoveries so that you can move forward. Now let's listen to this week's episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to this week's interview. Thank you for jumping into this episode. If this is your first time, welcome. This is, as you've heard, High Level Wisdom for New Generation Leaders, and I am your host, and you are right in the middle of my interview with the CEO of Dream Corps, Miss Vienne Truong. Listen, she is a jewel uh, in this world. She is someone who cares about what she does. Now, if you did not have an opportunity to hear the first half of our interview, listen, stop what you're doing right now. Go and listen to uh, the first part of her interview. It is uh, very informative. It'll help set up where we jump into this conversation today. Now, what you're going to learn today is you're going to not only learn more about her story, but what types of things Dream Corps are are pushing for the the ideas, um, how she got to where she is, how she sees being a woman in leadership at this level, working with policymakers. I mean, she is really doing the things that is impacting our communities and how we will move forward uh, uh, for the future and even today. So I want you to listen to part two of my interview with the CEO of Dream Corps, Ms. Vien Truong. Take a listen. 
I want to kind of dive further into uh, millennials and what you're seeing um, on, on your side. So when you talk about the the, the struggle of, of, of growing as a leader, right, growing as an individual, where do you see some struggles that uh, millennials are having? Uh, when it comes to uh, leadership and and growth and 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 how are baby boomers from what you've seen in the space that you have h- how are they helping or hurting you know that growth process for for millennials in the in the policy space or you know just in the not for profits uh, space what are you seeing hmm. I think that what I'm seeing um with millennials' growth in leadership is a struggle to have a perfect balance between um, the physical dimensions of you know, you know, developing yourself physically and then intellectually and then emotionally and spiritually and then professionally. Um, there's a constant race to be perfect for, on all sides and all levels. And I think that that's impossible. Um, and the con- the continuous pursuit for this work-life balance and this perfect perfection um, is detrimental and it can be really difficult if you don't step back from it um, and instead reinterpret it as how do we get to the best work-life harmony? Um, And I think that baby boomers have done it better than we have around how do we begin to understand creating a centered sense um, in your being around what leadership can look like. And when you're great on one part, whether professionally, you might have some, you know, um, you might have less time with your family and that's okay. Um, don't drive yourself, you know, and, you know, with guilt there, drive yourself crazy with guilt there. Um, and then also know that there will be times when you need to focus more personally and that, you know, your work and your workload needs to take a, you know, a bit back, step back a little bit from that. Um, I think, what I have seen from people who've excelled well um, in this life are people who are okay with not being perfect um, and okay with finding the sense of harmony and being able to adjust that for themselves in a specific and individual way rather than feeling compared, like they have to compare themselves to others. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, going a little further in that, what misconceptions do you see uh, not only just being a leader of a not-for-profit organization, but you are also a woman leading a very large not-for-profit organization. What kind of things do you notice that are some of the misconceptions that you kind of run across? <laughs> and and uh, how have they kind of, I guess, raised their ugly head, so to speak, when you've been, uh, you know, not only just running this organization, but having to deal with the type of uh, uh, leadership that you deal with that is not only just uh, either leading a company, but they're heavily involved in policy making and uh, shaping, you know, what, uh, you know, the everyday citizen has to deal with. Mm. You know, one thing that it's hard to speak for, um, as a whole, I will say one thing that I have learned that makes me different. And one thing that, I mean, I I have a lot of things that I do poorly. One thing that I think I do better than uh, the average is being okay with not being right. Um, And it's a slower process, but there will be times um, when, and there will be times when you just have to make a decision quickly. But for the times when you don't, I'm okay with asking for input. I'm okay with slowing conversations down or slowing a process down to say, what 
what's going on here? Let me get more information. Let me get more facts before taking a pivotal step and um, being okay with asking for input and not feeling like I have to, I think especially for younger leaders, feeling like you have to flex as the perfect CEO. I'm okay <laughs> with not doing that all the time. Right. And just saying, I look, this is important enough a decision. I want to make the right decision. And in order for me to make a right decision, I need to understand what's going on and getting input from what actually is happening, right? Because, you know, when you don't listen to people, when you don't, when you try to be fast and try to kind of pose yourself as this powerful person, then you actually might miss out on some really important things that are happening. So the one thing that I think I, I do well is try to put in a bit of democracy and a bit of listening, <laughs> real listening inside of the organization. Um, Absolutely. You know, one of the, one of the, the things that I, um, I think it's hard for young leaders is to know the difference between moving fast um, and um, when to balance that with being okay with making some mistakes. So, you know, when you're raised with social media um, and you work in social, like in this world now, social media is part of your work. You mm-hmm. have to maintain your brand. You have to maintain influence. You have to grow your social media accounts and all those things. It's part of work. And when you have to do that, you get caught up in the likes and the followers and all of those things. And then um, the move towards that direction can make you brittle or, or more sensitive to mistakes or to rejections or to trolls or to um, you know things that other people may you know raise an eyebrow to. And I think that that sensitivity is painful um, and can be costly for young leaders mm. who then resist making taking big, bigger risks. Um, and I think that is especially important an issue to fly for women and women of color who are raised to be perfect um, or who are raised to uh, pretend to be perfect inside of school. Right? Like, oh my gosh, you are such a smart kid. Oh my gosh, you're so perfect. Oh my gosh, you're so pretty. Whereas guys traditionally have been raised, this has been proven in studies after studies, especially by Carol Dweck's work in growth mindset, many boys are raised to say, that's great effort. You keep applying yourself, keep trying, keep trying, keep doing that, and you would be successful. Um, And so when you accelerate that a few decades down and you become a CEO or a young leader, for women, especially women of color, being able to resist the need to be perfect and to be able to dare to risk um, taking some big calculated moves and being able to take some um, steps, even if it may not be perfect, is important. Interesting. Wow. That, that's, a, that's a very fascinating perspective. So when you take that perspective and you wake up every single day knowing you have some of these hurdles and some of these kind of obvious and sometimes not so obvious challenges, uh, just being a person of color at the helm, what types of tips and advice and you know, even just from your personal experience, because you're dealing in a world of baby boomers. I mean, you know, the people who are writing policy are from an older generation. The people who have the influence uh, in a lot of these spaces are baby boomers. They they are older, and you you interact in this space every single day. So I'm I'm curious as to, you know, 
What types of advice and tips would you give an emerging leader who's, who, who wants to learn to do better with interacting with someone who is older, who is trying to learn uh, uh, better than maybe they did at home? Because, uh, you know, uh, children are always great at home with their parents. So, so then they yeah. have, you know, uh, then it's different when you have to go work for somebody who might be as old or older than your parents. What types of tips and advice would you give somebody who's an emerging leader who's they, they they live in a world of, of 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 older seasoned you know people and constantly wake up in that space every day. Speak your truth, fight for the truth. I think it's important and very rare these days to be authentic. I think it's important for people who are raised to fight for others, to be loud in a room, or to be be able to be vocal in a room, and saying nothing or acquiescing to the status quo is always the easiest path, but that's not what leaders are designed to be. Leaders are designed to lead in new territory and to say things nobody else is willing to say. And that is the path of a leader. And that is what I encourage more and more people, especially this generation of people who are more aware and conscious than before to use their voice, even if it's shaky. The courage is in using your voice, even when it's shaky. It's the, it's the being heard. It's the, it's the daring. That is the, that is the, the cutting edge of leadership. And I will say that when you do that, you will inevitably get people to respond and say, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> uh, no, that's not right. 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 You will immediately get that response. <laughs> and my, 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 my empathy with that and my counsel to that is to know clearly who you will listen to and who you will let give you feedback in ways that you internalize and who you can hear but not quite let them change your path, right? You know, one of the quotes um, that Pedro Nogueira, one of the um, preeminent educators in this country, one of the advice that he used to tell his students, and I was one of them, is do not seek approval from people you do not approve of. Wow. Say that again. So do not seek approval from people you do not approve of. Hmm. And so many of us chasing the likes, wanting to be perfect, we too much want to be chiseled into this thing of perfection. Even if the person who may be giving you the, I don't, I don't think you should have said that, or oh, that's not how I see it. Right? Like they may not even be people you respect all the way. That you <laughs> like, know, that's that's might... very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Wow, interesting. I've, I've I've not thought about it from that perspective before. That's I, I actually like that. So when you when you talk about those those types of interactions, right? And you and, and stepping out, and even if your voice is shaky, being able to have that you know that uh that willingness to you know go off on the deep end sometimes uh, of of and it really comes down to just working in unknown waters, uh, getting out of our safety and comfort zones. For you, it sounds as if from your personal journey. You've had to constantly get out of comfortable space, mental space, um, sometimes physical space. Right. What have you learned um, in your personal journey that you still use today, even though you're the CEO of this large organization? Dare to play bigger. And each one of those words means something to me. I think 
you need to dare to get into places of discomfort. And I do this over and over again. I jumped out of an airplane. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a person who pushes myself to the edges. And for me, that's where life is. You want to have a dynamic life. Um, that's where growth is, right? And so, you know, you, you grow when you learn something new or in new spaces. And that's, that's where I have fun. Um, and that's why I use the word play. Because for me, I can't take myself too seriously. I have to see all of this as, as kind of an adventure, right? Mm-hmm. I was in a community where it was unsafe for me to, I mean, I didn't know if I was going to live the next day. I mean, like, so at times, right, like there was drive-bys. I remember there were so many drive-bys at some point in school, I stopped even ducking because it was like, oh, well, I may not live and there's whatever. Wow. So for me, just celebrating life, knowing that this is all part of an adventure and being playful about it is important. Um, and then bigger, because right now, the world, especially if you're a person who's woman or a person of color, the world wants you to be small or mm-hmm. don't hear you. That's or right. tells you all the ways that you're wrong and not perfect. You don't look this way. You don't sound this way. You didn't go to that school. You don't make this much money. Like, there's a lot of ways that the world tells you you're not enough. And I want to flip that on its head to say, be bigger. Even sometimes if you have to play at it or pretend at it, but... I, you know, for me, all of those words, dare to play bigger is a big thing. And at a time when the world is collapsing onto itself, at times it feels we need people who can celebrate life, who can play, who can be bigger, who can be creative and to um, create the spaces for others to do the same. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's to some people, it may sound cliche until you start doing it. And I think that's mm-hmm. the one thing that um, I have learned, even on my own personal journey, is that the very things that when I would listen to somebody from afar say, I'm like, oh, yeah, everybody says that until you start doing it and you start living it and you realize, oh, no, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> um, and it's a da- it's a daily decision. Right. It's a, even though it's it's today and it's Tuesday. Well, guess what? Tomorrow morning I have to dare to be bigger. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have to be willing to be better than I was yesterday. Uh, there is a personal motto uh, that I live by that every single morning is the first thing that I think about uh, uh, after my my personal prayer time is be a better man today than you were yesterday. Mm, and that's my I personal like challenge. It's a it's a personal challenge of mine. And it, and it's, and it, it serves me twofold. I think one, it's. um I give myself the permission to let go of whatever I lacked yesterday. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the other is that I'm able to, uh, which is the, I find is the hardest thing for most of us to do, no matter who you are, is I'm able to in that same statement, forgive myself for whatever was yesterday and start new today. So, because all I'm thinking about is being better man today than I was yesterday. That's all I care about. So that's my that's the way I start my day. And into what you're saying, you know, to 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 if you just read it. Right. (laughs) Or if somebody just says it, it sounds like, well, yeah, that's you know, you can dare to be big. That sounds great. But when you really start doing it, you realize daring to be uh, bold and big and greater literally puts you outside of what you know today, what you know, the second you know, if you always turn left tomorrow, try to turn right. 
You know, uh, if you only if you only give 45 minutes of focus time, try to go 50 minutes. You know, if you only give half in your your sport or your writings or whatever it is. Right. Push yourself beyond what you're normally used to. And and I I love the fact that that is something uh, of a personal stance that you bring into your world because there's another VN sitting out there looking at you at the end of the day. There's, you know, and, and that's going to be, you know, the further you stretch yourself, the further you stretch the mind of the person that's coming behind you. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's awesome. And I'm, 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 I'm glad that that's, you know, it, it's just fascinating that you would even say that because it's, it's something that I think is, is so important, uh, as we all continue to learn and grow and evolve. So let's talk about millennials for a second. Um, what advice would you give a millennial who who wants to break into that executive level, whether it be a not for profit or, you know, their 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 their, their company um, that they're working in? What what types of things would you tell a millennial uh, who, who knows that that's what they ultimately want to do? Um, how do they get there in your in your in your purview? Be persistent and dogged um, and know what that means. There's a lot of ways you can be an executive, but what exactly does that mean for you? Um, What does it look like when you're there? How does it feel when you're there? It's not about the title. It's about what you want to do with it. Um, Titles can be anything. I mean, you can create a nonprofit tomorrow and you can be the CEO. Done. Easy. But what do you want to accomplish in life? Um, And don't ever forget that. And then, you know, Know that in order for you to be a leader of any organization, small or big, or in your community, you got to be able to know how to lead people. And what does leadership mean? You can't be a leader if nobody's following you. Right. Um, and so, you know, what does it mean to lead people? What does it mean to be a leader other ones, others want to follow? Um, I actually learn a lot from coaches around that piece, around John Wooden or Phil Jackson or Pat Summit. They are great leaders of teams. I learn a lot from their models. And I will say that it's okay. Everybody must have setbacks. And when those moments happen, surround yourself by people who love you. Never put your job in front of the people who you are trying to serve and never forget your friends. Um, because what will happen is if you do your work well, you will have a ton of setbacks because, and if you don't, that means you're not trying hard enough. (laughs) And when you have those setbacks, just remember that while success gives you confidence, it is your setbacks that will give you character. Character at the end of the day is the most important. Hmm. Mm Hmm. Well said. Well said. Um, I'm thinking about you know, your, your personal story. And I'm thinking about the work that you're, you're doing now. If you go back 10 or 15 years, did you see this then? Yeah, parts of it. Um, and much more. Um, and there's much, I mean, I'm still young. There's much more I want to accomplish. Um, yeah, I, I would, I, I, you know, somebody once told me, don't be humble. You're not that great. <laughs> <laughs> I um, like that. <laughs> so, 
um, it was a loving way of encouraging me to take up more space. And um, I love the idea that you, you put in my mind earlier that there's another VN, a younger VN out there right now listening to this, perhaps. And my advice to her and to others is to not be afraid to dream the biggest dream and to take up space and to fight for it. At the end of the day, you are 100% responsible for your dreams, your health, and your happiness. No one else can be responsible for it but you. So know that. There's no one else to come in and save you or to make your dreams happen. I am responsible for my dreams. So fight for it. Dream a big enough dream so that you can continue to chase for it in ways that gives you purpose and integrity and intention around how you make those decisions. And speak up and take up space. Wow. Interesting. Um, I have a broader question that I I don't have the answer to. So you're like the perfect person to ask. And I don't believe there's one perfect answer. But because you 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 live in this space, you breathe in this space every day, um, you, you understand it and can relate better. But, you know, there's on the outside looking in. Um, some people would say, who cares about politics? Why care? Nothing ever gets done. Um, there's a lot of conversation, no real action. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, to, you know, this week we are, uh, mourning, um, we're grieving as a nation again from, you know, Mm -hmm. another horrific situation that happened in Texas, um, and and in in these moments, um, you know, I kind of feel like they used to be raw, and now I feel like we're getting callous because they're happening so often, and it's because the 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 the, the, the raw emotions come out, and then immediately we know we need to focus on something of movable action, and of course we have to write laws, we have to create policy, we have to look at things. Mm-hmm. And, change things and make things better. But on the outside looking in, most people say nothing ever changes. So my question to Mm -hmm. you is, why should millennials care about politics? Well, first, I want to send my love to the families that were affected by this at Sutherland Springs, Texas. And as a person who grew up in uh, surrounded by violence, I think this surfaced a lot of things for me. And that's exactly why we need to get into politics and policies. It's policies that decide what our gun control laws are, however you feel about it. It's our policies that decide what's going to happen to Devin Kelly, who was the shooter. It is our policies that decide what was the economic reality that was uh, engulfed, that this community was engulfed in, or what is the racial laws or the civil rights laws that goes into um, what happens, um, even as a precursor to what ended up, you know, feeding into this. It is policies that shape our, the ways that we invest in education over criminalization. It's policies that decide whether we're going to invest in a tech future or a coal future. <laughs> it is our policies that decide everything that we eat, taste, touch, feel, experience in this country. And the politicians are the ones who do that. And the thing is, they make the decisions one way or the other. The question is, do you want to have a say in it? Mm. And you're going to be impacted by it. You inherit the results of those decisions. And so 
there's too much to lose and so much to gain by investing yourself and applying yourself and being part of the conversation so policy. It's going to happen with or without you. I encourage you to be part of it. Mm, interesting. Interesting. When when you look at where you all are now, um, we are you know several weeks away from the end of this year. What would you say has been the biggest win uh, that you have seen within Dream Court that that makes you, you know, through all of the, I'm sure there's a ton of, you know, red tape and things that you guys have to deal with uh, mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. But what's the one thing that happened this year where you go, man, it was all worth it this year for that one thing? Well, there's so many things. We were able to pass four criminal justice laws to help give people a second chance to help reduce how long people serve for nonviolent crimes in California and a number of other things. We were able to lead our Love Army led a campaign and won health care for 20,000 coal miners so that they knew that they weren't forgotten and that we were going to fight for them. We were able to get 300,000 signatures for people to oppose the budget slashes to the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency and getting the support of celebrities from uh, Ashley Judd to Ellen Pompeo and Alfre Woodard to support our environmental and climate justice fights. We were able to fight for and win some money for Flint families to change out their lead pipes. Um, We were able to get our narrative and to shift hearts and minds on multiple platforms, whether it's CNN or Fox News, whether it's in Fast Company and Forbes magazine to Vogue, Teen Vogue magazine. We were able to uplift the leaders and moms across the country from Republican moms to Democratic ones who were fighting for their kids' future on so many issues. Um, I'm very proud of the fact that on our Yes We Code team, we had a $5 million, $5.5 million scholarship for diverse applicants to go to boot camps so that they can help shape the future and code um, technology to be more appropriate to reflect the needs of low-income communities. Um, and we were able to graduate, and we will be graduating, let me say, 26 gra- uh, people in December who are finishing their boot camp in Marin and after that, we've been very successful in the past in placing them into tech jobs, oftentimes at the starting salary of 100000 So that's mm. coming up. Um, we've done a lot of great things. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> and more to come in 2018. Absolutely. And speaking of 2018, let's even go beyond 2018. What, when you, you know, when it's all said and done, and you've uh, you've you've been at the helm for a while, and and you're ready to uh, move to the next phase of the impact that you're making in the legacy. What is the future of Dream Corps? What 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 is what does the future look like? Uh, because this organization exists, bring the country together and move the country forward. That's what we will be doing. We want to bring the country together and begin healing people who are fighting each other now, but who really should be agreeing. Our country is now seeing a huge wealth divide between the have and the have-nots. It's not a purple state or a red state issue. 
it's an economic issue. We have a lot of things we can agree with, whatever state you're in. We have a climate fight on our hands where we have people who are in Salt Lake City that is 90% Republican suffering from inversion days where they can't even go out um, and their kids can't even go to school to people who are in Las Vegas or Flint, Michigan who are suffering from not being able to play in their backyards and not drinking from their water faucet. These are issues that should not be partisan. We want to bring the country together on that. We want to bring the country together to invest in places that have been underserved or neglected, whether you're in coal country or whether you're trying to rebuild Houston. We want to make sure that we're investing in communities that have been overlooked. And so the work of 2018 moving forward for Dream Corps is to bring the country together on things that should not be contentious and to move the country forward to fight for the underdogs, no matter what state you're in and no matter who you voted for. Wow. Well said. Well, Vian, listen, um, it is an honor to um, have you invest time on this show. Uh, I know I've got a lot out of this conversation. I know for the other executives, uh, they've definitely got a lot out of this. And for those emerging leaders, they got a lot out of it. But let me say thank you, number one, for not just your investment of time, but thank you for uh, willing to wake up and be a leader every day because somebody does have to do it. And I'm not saying that what you have to do and what you have to deal with and all of the ceilings that you have to constantly break through every day. I'm sure your hands are bleeding from constantly knocking through walls. Um, <laughs> but thank you for doing that because you're making it easier for the next person. You're making it easier for your coworker. You're making it easier for your, you know, uh, you know, the person who's walking beside you to, 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 to live out these causes. Um, and, and it's a, it's a, it's a great privilege to have you on the show, to be able to just talk with you about, you know, uh, things that are matters of the heart and, and, and at the same time, talk about, uh, uh um, how you all are, you know, have a strategy in order to be able to make, uh, this country and the world that we live in, you know, uh, good for all and not just good for some. So thank you so much for just choosing to be a leader. Thank you for being on the show. And, uh, we, we really look forward to, to seeing, uh, the, the, the 2018 version of what happens in dream court. Thank you so much. And I, it's been my honor to be on this show and um, what a great conversation to be with you. And I've learned a lot from our discussion as well. I'm putting a reminder every morning now, be a better woman today than you were yesterday. <laughs> um, and if I can end by saying just, um, and leadership is never alone and it takes the entire village and really the entire country. For your listeners who are interested in being part of this work that we're doing, please check out our website. It's called thedreamcore.org so dreamcore.org absolutely thank you so much thank you so much well listen that was a fascinating second half of the interview it was a fascinating time to be able to talk with someone uh, like her thank you to all of those who have played a part in dream corps no matter how big or how small thank you to miss vn for the work that she is doing. Thank you for having a mission and a heart to serve others uh, more than yourself. Thank you to the team there. They have been such a responsive group, communicating consistently, helping us to nail down uh, such a very much needed schedule uh, in order to be able to get this interview uh, conducted. So thank you to everyone there. And listen, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being a listener, whether this is your first time or your 51st time. Um, 
Thank you so much. And I would love to be able to continue the conversation with you about what you heard in this interview this week. So why don't we do a few things? You can find us at High Level Wisdom all together on Facebook, Instagram and or Twitter. Look us up. Tell us who you are. Subscribe and make sure you subscribe through our podcast. What you're listening to now, you can get notified every time we drop a new piece of content. So make sure you subscribe whether you're on an Android or iOS device. You can find us on Facebook. Excuse me. You can find us on AHA Radio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, iHeartRadio, wherever you podcast. That's where you can find the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of our tribe. And don't forget, we are also on YouTube. So you can find us on YouTube now. Yes, we have extra content, other things that I'm putting together, leadership tips, tricks, ideas, uh, funny stuff, serious stuff. We're, con- we're making sure that we're constantly pushing the envelope. So go find us over there. High level wisdom for new generation leaders. Thanks so much for listening. And I hope that I catch you in the next episode. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.